this is Rebecca. And this is Naomi. We're 40-something moms and first cousins who know what it's like to veer off the path assigned to us. Together, we've juggled motherhood, marriage, college, and careers as we explore new identities and ways of seeing the world. Without any maps for either of us to follow, we've had to figure things out as we go and accept that detours and dead ends are part of the path. However, along the way, we've uncovered a few insights that we want to share with fellow travelers. We want to talk about the questions we didn't even know who to ask and the options we didn't know we had. So whether you're feeling stuck or already shaking things up, we're here to cheer you on and assure you that the best is yet to come. Welcome to Uncovered. Life Beyond. Welcome to Uncovered Life Beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Naomi, here today with my co-host, Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Naomi. So I am so excited about today's topic. We're going to be talking about delaying college and some misguided reasons we were given. You know, back when I was a teen drooling over college brochures and wishing I could be part of that scene, I was such a nerd, still am. (laughs) But, you know, it looks so much more appealing, so much more exciting than getting dirty, feeding cattle and tending the garden every day. When I think about it, no one was outright forbidding me from going to college. Uh, There wasn't any rule against it. Yeah. I mean, you and I knew a number of young women in our community who went to nursing school. Right. And my mom is an LPN, and she would have loved to see me or one of my sisters follow her footsteps into nursing as well. I mean, at least in theory, we didn't actively pursue that. I mean, the caveat was that my mom didn't pursue nursing school until she was in her late 20s. And and then she let her license lapse as soon as she got married and started having kids. So the implicit message was that if you do go to professional school or college, it's at least plan C or D, like first come plans A and B which plan A is getting married and having babies. Plan B is maybe do some house cleaning jobs or teach at a church school, voluntary service, maybe go on a mission field. Right. Lots of things before college. And also nursing school was like seen as a pretty significant commitment, but still about as close as anyone was getting to higher education. And the idea was generally that what would be the point of fiddling around all those years sitting on your adult butt in a classroom? Like it's almost, you know, a childish self-indulgent thing to do. Right. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm even trying to remember if I knew of anyone as a kid who had a college education that wasn't a nurse. It's weird how nursing seemed to be the accepted exception. Right. And we knew of teachers, but none of the teachers we knew had gone to college. No. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not that college was forbidden expressly. Right. But there is an endless supply of other things that were more important. And so college was so far out of our frame of reference, it really wasn't even discussed. A more typical concern was whether or not someone should go to high school, right? Whether high school is a good option. That was really the contentious point. Was that your experience too? Yeah. So for us, Growing up, it just simply wasn't necessary. Like if it was talked about, it was like this, but why? I mean, we couldn't get through elementary or high school. So why on earth would college even be in the equation? And I remember my mom always saying, I gave you two hands, use them. 
And at some point, my response, and I remember I would literally respond and look at her and say, but what about my brain? Should we not use that? I mean, God gave us that as well. And it was always met with this cold silence, which I still find fascinating. That's so interesting. You know, it sucks when your kids start to <laughs> use their brain <laughs> and, and you hear it coming back at you. Uh, not that I know anything about that, but. Right, right. So, of course, now that we are adults, we have the benefit of hindsight. It's easy to see through these reasons, quote unquote reasons now, and really see them as delay tactics uh, more than yeah. really legitimate reasons. So today we've got a list of eight of these reasons that we've heard or some version of them, something we've heard. And I think talking about them can be a good way to uncover the assumptions, even the manipulation and misinformation that's in them. And then it can be helpful to contrast them with what we've actually experienced and whether the implicit threats in them actually came to pass. It's so true. And when I think about it, first one I remember hearing or absorbing was that somehow pursuing your own interests by going to college is inherently selfish. And so what we heard was, and it seemed like maybe women especially were groomed to, quote, die to oneself. And the goal always seemed to become so small that your husband or your potential husband or any man in your life could shine. Because somehow if you both shown there wasn't enough space for that, it, there was this underlying accusation that the worst of sin in this collective passive culture was this thing of rebellion. And so it made you run in the opposite direction because you didn't want anyone to be able to accuse you of being selfish. Right. So you definitely were going to move as far away as possible from anything that could be construed as you being selfish. I mean, didn't everyone have life verse as let no man despise thy youth? I mean, come on. We were we were taught that all the time. That whole thing was a very effective manipulation tactic. It worked. And all this ensured that, at least for myself, I might think about college, I might think about education, but I rarely was brave enough to talk about it. The shame of it kept us, kept me silent. Just being different, yeah. wanting something different from yeah. everyone else was claiming some of that light for yeah. yourself, that limelight for yourself. And that is a problem. Well, and don't you think there was this underlying message given that, I mean, the shame, this, this perfect community is providing everything you need and you're wanting more? Absolutely. Yeah. And to want something that originated from outside the community right. was tantamount to God, the church, right. not being enough. Are you saying we're not enough? Yeah. Yeah. Is it in the Bible? Mm. College isn't in the Bible. You know, I've learned that a greater awareness of the world beyond our communities of origin, beyond our experiences, gave the opportunity to contribute more and not less to those around us. Our liberation, if that's the word we want to use, honestly liberated others. And I think it also provided the sense of dignity that I think was so often missed, but also a sense of empowerment 
And it took away this idea of being solely dependent on a man who, let's face it, may or may not care about you. I mean, I got really lucky. My my husband ended up truly caring. But I have many examples of friends whose husbands didn't provide and couldn't provide and maybe even left them and they were left without any any place to go. Right. And I think of someone in an abusive situation, right, or a toxic situation. And when they feel like they don't have any other options, it traps them there. At the end of the day, who gets to define what is selfish? Absolutely. Absolutely. So another reason that I heard, and this was a big one for me, was a concern, a fear that if you go to college or pursue some kind of education outside the community, that you would fall away and become worldly. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing an older, respected gentleman in the church making the comment, uh, and this wasn't about college, this was about high school. And this was not about, say, public high school. This was about high school in our church school. Uh, and he said, we're educating our young people right out of the church. Oh my gosh. I remember hearing that. I couldn't have been more than 13 or 14 years old at the time. And I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know (laughs) what was problematic about it at the time, but I just remember it struck me as a really problematic statement. And I think, you know, what it worked is just like the last reason we were talking about, it made you doubt yourself. It made you doubt those desires, right? And so out of a sense of shame, you don't talk about this thing if it's this thing that is inevitably going to lead you away, lead you to fall astray. And so I think that was an idea that was implicit. I think it was often not expressed quite that directly, but I think that was a common idea. When a system is so concerned about people leaving, instead of giving people the right and the freedom to explore and live their unique lives and passions, it makes me question again, the integrity of that system. And it reminds me again of the Wisconsin versus Yoder lawsuit. And we can probably talk about this more later. And if you're curious, you can always Google this. But it was the lawsuit that stated that Wisconsin's law regarding compulsory schooling actually violated the Amish religious freedom. And in there, Yoder actually stated that the public education violates the, quote, goals of the community. What happened back in 1969? The Indian boarding schools were in operation through 1973. But the Amish religious community's rights were considered important. Yeah, we do need to talk more about this sometime. It says so much about hmm, whose who's religious values get respected. And when you're white and from European descent, they matter a whole lot more. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I think it wasn't until years later that I was able to put words to it that, you know, what does it say about a culture that can only retain its young people or its people by keeping them uninformed? And at what level is that, Nicole? That is a very good question. 
And you know what I experienced instead? Well, first of all, my falling away <laughs> didn't follow <laughs> my college education. Um, it didn't happen in quite the order they predicted. Um, but what I did find is that when I started to live my life based on evidence rather than on blind obedience, my life did change. Yeah. And it's not that faith doesn't play a role in my life, right? Because we take right. things on faith all the time. But what has changed for me is that I pay attention to evidence and when, or I aspire, that's my, that's my right. Uh, intent, right? And, and that when it conflicts with something that as a matter of faith with me, right? I adjust my faith to the evidence that's right in front of me. And in addition to that, I've seen you learn to trust your intuition and what you know as well, which I think is incredibly important. Yes, I agree. And that gets right to the heart of our next item on the list. Yeah. So the next item on the list is not being sure about what major you want to pursue. And we heard a lot of different things about knowing your path and and following, you know, line of you're in the youth group and you work hard, but you groom yourself to be a good wife. And... How would we know? How would anyone know? I look at teenagers today and I'm like, how do you know what you want to do with the rest of your freaking life? Like, it amazes me when I hear an 18 year old who knows for sure what they want to be. I'm like, I am 40 and I still don't have that figured out. Does it implies that you have to have everything figured out before you even begin? And this discourages curiosity. It discourages exploration. I think it also kind of encourages pride, but that's another subject. What I experienced instead was when I took courses in a wide range of subjects, it exposed me to new ideas, opportunities, and options I would have never considered before. And we also, in that process, learned about our own interests and capabilities. And that's such a huge part of becoming who we're going to become. Uh, is finding out what we're good at, finding out what we're interested in, finding out what makes us feel alive. And the next item on our list is a variation of this, which is the concern that you might change your mind, or maybe you'll get married in a few years and become a stay-at-home mom, and all that education would be a waste. Going to college, all that effort you would put into it would just be a waste of time. And, you know... A friend of mine once said that in our background, the highest praise that anyone could make of a young woman or could give a young woman is to say, a dog must do some man in goody koch. <laughs> that is so true. You know, and to deviate from that plan of making that man a good cook, you know, would be seen as a waste of time. And, and I think, true. isn't it? And effectively it functioned to keep us focused on gaining the approval of the men around us and being someone who would be seen as desirable because you could cook for a whole table full of company because you could wash dishes fast enough because you could, you know, butcher a chicken, whatever it was. And anything that deviated from that plan would be seen as a waste of time and also shameful, right? We would- Very we shameful. Right, because you're not hitting the mark. 
And I think what we and I have experienced instead is that the more we educated ourselves, the more we learned, the more we learned about the world around us, the more we learned about ourselves, better parents and partners, friends we could be. Yeah. And I think there's a really subtle but important shift of focusing on what our own values are and living our lives aligned with them rather than living our lives trying to gain someone else's superficial approval. Superficial approval, which we all know is a little bit like dangling a carrot. You may or may not ever get that carrot. If anyone ever does get the carrot, then game's over. Yeah. Which brings us to our next point. There's always the worry or the concern that you'll change your mind partway through and regret, again, the time and the money you've wasted. What I heard was, how can you trust yourself to make a decision this big when you're so young and inexperienced? And how it kind of played out was <laughs> there were no counter narratives to challenge this idea. We were never given language or the thought process to be like, but wait, I, I truly hate that education of any kind is ever seen as a waste. Like that, to me, that is just so wrong. And what we experienced instead was this idea that, you know what, changing your mind is a good thing, actually. It shows growth, it shows self-discovery, and honestly, it keeps you kind of humble. It's like, oh, maybe there's more. Maybe there's something I don't know. It really created a bigger world, and I think a kinder world. I love that point about it keeping you humble. I agree with that so much because I feel like the more I learn, the more I discover that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and and the more I know to pause and not make strong statements about something that right. I don't have the grounds to speak on. Right. I agree. The humility comes from learning more. Yeah. Because there's so much to learn. You never exhaust all there is to learn. So another reason that I heard was if you have a job that already pays the bills, you know, why give that up for college and debt, you know, on somebody else's plan where they're just going to tell you what to think. And the reality is you can learn just as much outside the classroom by using a library card hmm. uh, or, you know, by experience or, you know, whatever the alternative is that's being pushed in the moment. I think this kind of reasoning is really effective for you know a young person who is already kind of predisposed to short-term thinking i mean when you're a teen even an 18-month technical training program can seem like forever and so it's can seem like you know why should i commit to some formal training program i don't know about you but i found that you know, what can seem like a good job when you're 20 years old can become a dead end job by the time you're 30 or 40. And uh, by then you feel like you've, you've missed the boat, you've missed your opportunity. Obviously you haven't, but it can be a lot harder once you have, you know, family right. depending on you. I find that college has given me tools to pivot when I need to and to grow personally and professionally. And while self-education is really valuable, right? I mean, that's not mutually exclusive, right? You can do that while still getting a formal education. But what library books can't give you is that in-person experience of being in a learning environment doesn't give you the credibility that a degree gives you. It doesn't formalize. It doesn't give you that transferable document that shows what you've accomplished and can open new doors. 
And if I can say, I think that might be particularly true for women. I think men tend to be able to transfer their skills a bit more easy than what the business world tends to allow women to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've observed that so often. When a man comes from, makes a transition from one field to another, that experience is somehow seen as an asset. When a woman transitions from one field to another, she's seen as having less experience. Anything for the excuse to pay them less. So we've experienced that a degree will give you credibility long term that a library card simply does not. The next point that we have is the worry that somehow it's going to take so long before you graduate and start earning real money that it's not worth the effort. There was an uncle who told stories of having three, he had three sons and one of them went through high school. So again, high school, not college. He went through high school and the other two sons didn't. But guess who's making the most money? course it was the two sons who did not have high school somehow it became all about money but it also kind of shamed the idea of wanting to have book knowledge so what became really important was these stories about financially successful people who didn't go to high school it always kind of implied that somehow education would actually lower these income opportunities. What I experienced was females without a formal education are always at the end of the day, the lowest of the pay scale. I had numerous bosses who would say, oh, an education doesn't matter. But it kind of did matter when it came time to sign the paycheck. And it really mattered when it came time to pay bills. And the truth of it is, it's not just about the money. It's about that secondary benefit of having an education, about having an expanded understanding of myself and the world that allows me to think critically. It allows me to solve problems and communicate more effectively. Honestly, for me, I think the whole thing of learning how to communicate more effectively is so important. And to me, those are the primary reasons for a higher education. Also, A handful of exceptions doesn't prove anything. The vast majority of college dropouts do not go on to be founders of Microsoft and Facebook. And I, for one, am so weary of those stories. Only those who end up doing that kind of thing come from money and privilege that allows one to defy the odds. I think when I hear these conversations, I think more about the people I knew, the people I grew up with, and men in our community who we would see floundering and they were kind of shamed. But in fact, they weren't given the skills and the tools they needed to be successful. I agree. And, you know, when I think back on the people that I knew growing up, I don't look back on them with disdain for not having more of an education. I think back and I think about what a loss it was that they couldn't, that so many had had the means to do so much more than they were able to do, right? Who who could have flourished with a college degree or with some kind of formal education beyond eighth grade. They could have really found something that was meaningful to them and and, and made them feel alive and, you know, gave them a life that mattered. But 
their options were so limited and they never considered some of the things that could have been opportunities for them. Right. And when I think about education, high school, college, it's not about the degree. It's about having additional skills and tools and and options to be able to navigate the world and whatever the world happens to throw at us. Absolutely. it, It simply equips us in a better way. And, you know, just like it was wrong for us to be told in our youth that we couldn't trust ourselves enough to make a decision like college when we were this young. I believe to my core, it would be unethical for us today to insist that college somehow is the be all end all. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe the time isn't right. And all of that, it's okay. It's okay. At the end of the day, the very best gift you can give yourself is the ability to trust yourself. I just told a friend, we as women, especially, that's my experience, have been shoulded, coulded all freaking day long. And we are growing ass people. We, we know what we need to do. And we don't need to force anyone to do anything. And that's not my goal here today. I do not want to force anyone to think, well, if you don't have a degree or if you're not going to go to college, you're somehow setting yourself up for failure. In fact, next time we're going to talk about eight valid reasons to delay or reconsider college. So join us then. your thoughts about today's topic join us on facebook and instagram to add your perspective and experiences what are your burning questions about college and life beyond high demand religion we're starting with questions both we ourselves have asked or others have asked us but we know you have your own questions and stories share them with us at uncoveredlifebeyond at gmail.com that's uncoveredlifebeyond at gmail.com until next time stay brave stay bold stay awkward 